I believe I was 10 the first time the Kranzes came to visit. Jonathan Kranz was one of my dad's friends in college. As legend has it, John has an ungodly music collection. He still does. I know he has a room filled with an unnatural amount of vinyl records, but it boggles my little millennial mind to puzzle out how one would move into a dorm with a wealth of huge, ungainly records, how many one would even be able to justify bringing and where you put them. The first time they met, my dad was lured into his open dorm room door by some record playing and wafting out into the hall. Whatever this connection over music was, it led my dad to give John the nickname Beethoven. I don't know or remember much about the story of their friendship back then, but a while ago they reconnected. John, who lived in Massachusetts with his wife and daughters, brought his family to Ocean City, New Jersey one summer for a vacation, 10 minutes from where we lived. I do distinctly remember when the Kranzes came walking across the boardwalk, my family having come up the beach to meet them at the steps leading down into the sand. My dad yelled, hey Beethoven, and John turned his head and that was the moment they entered my life. I was a very insecure child with a deep-seated inferiority complex, so whenever I met someone new, I automatically assumed that they would not like me. I was always guilty until proven innocent. I had weird, annoying interests and didn't do anything cool like play soccer or swim on the swim team. I had no idea what to expect out of John Kranz's daughters, but the eldest was my age and her name was Becca. Almost immediately, we clicked. Becca felt like one of the friends I already had, eager and content to discuss nothing but Neopets while laying on our towels in the hot sand by the boardwalk, overly excited by things we both enjoyed. She was on my level, and it didn't take long for me to feel at home with her. There are a lot of things I can't remember very well since it was such a long time ago, but after that, they started to return for a week in the summer every year. I didn't grow up with any cousins, and my parents didn't have friends with kids my age. I had my own friends, of course, but none of them were that weird brand of connection a lot of people had where it was like, we only meet up when my parents bring me to visit, and I can tell you what it's like growing up in my little town and you can show me yours. But Becca was that for me. We went to the beach, walked on the boardwalk, ran around my house, and talked about all the things that were deeply important to us at the time, mainly books and neopets. In the next few years, as we both made our way onto the internet and AOL Instant Messenger, we no longer had to limit our communication to the brief summer trips when we'd meet again. We could keep up throughout the year, talking about our lives, and honestly, probably mostly Harry Potter. In a way, she felt like my first internet friend, even though we didn't meet originally by those means. As early teens, I'd introduce her to some of my friends when she visited, and we'd go off on our own with them without our families, tugging along our little perceived sense of independence. She always fit in because if my friends were willing to hang out with me, they'd definitely get along with Becca. We were simply kindred spirits. At some point, her family stopped visiting in the summers, and I'm sure there's a plethora of reasons for that. Lives, schedules, and not to mention our dad's differences in political ideologies. As we grew through our teens, though, I watched her become who she was becoming from the distance of social media. I watched her being so unapologetically herself, so outspoken and convicted and compassionate. She was so entrenched in what I'd come to know as social justice, and she was extremely vocal about it. Back then I remember this making me very uncomfortable because it was antithetical to not only the perspective I was raised with, but the way I interacted with the world. Becca seemed so sure of what was right and articulately demanded that people listen. But then I grew up myself. I started listening and learning and expanding my worldview past the very narrow one I inherited from my parents, and suddenly Becca looked like an absolute role model to me. 
In 2017, right after I graduated college, my friends and I drove up to Massachusetts to Justin's school in Williamstown to help him host an all-night trivia competition. After that, we got an Airbnb and spent a few days in Boston, and one evening, we met up with Becca for dinner. I'd probably been maybe 15 the last time I saw her, and I was honestly extremely nervous that the kinship we once had would be gone, having floated away with the years and distance and change. I'd come to think of her as someone way cooler than me, but in all the ways that mattered. She was bold, socially responsible, politically intelligent, and outspoken, and while seeing her through social media absolutely inspired me, it also came with that feeling of shame that I didn't make an effort to be more like her. I thought she'd meet me again and find the spineless idiot I was afraid I was, and we wouldn't be able to find the common ground we once had. But the second we got talking, all the anxieties I had melted away. It's not that she isn't all of those things I admired her for. She is, but the shame I felt watching her from the outside was gone face to face. It reminded me just how similar in soul we are, all the reasons we got along in the first place all those years ago. Both of us northeastern, fast-talking, over-enthusiastic, passionate women, eldest daughters who juggle our families and balance our parents' emotions with our own for sport. We click. It's just as natural as that. It felt just like we were back in the hot sand raving about Neopets, except we were sitting at a bar in Boston with pints of beer between us. Becca's getting married today, and I'm so honored to not only be invited to her wedding, but that her family invited me to stay at their home even though I haven't seen any of them but Becca in at least 10 years. And not only that, but this morning before I finished writing this, her dad called me and insisted on picking me up at the last stop on the red line from Boston because the commuter line I was planning to take out to their house is spotty on the weekends. I don't know how long that car ride is, but I am so looking forward to getting the chance to catch up with him before most of the wedding madness starts. I just think these kinds of connections are the closest things to magic we have. It makes me feel light as air when old friends reach out their hearts like no time has passed, people who I don't feel like I've put in any work to earn this type of treatment from, all because of some lingering link that still tastes like family even after all these years. In recent years, Becca's presence on my social media feeds has mellowed to one of joyful creativity, body positivity, candid honesty, and a sense of peaceful love for life. I'm so grateful for the threads of fate that have allowed me to know this person and keep her light as one of the stars dotting my night sky. Becca, I want to say congratulations on your wedding day and thank you for not only inviting me, but for pulling me into your family's home at this monumental point in your life and for being a voice that taught me and guided me without even knowing you were doing it. Even though we don't talk all the time, every time we catch up or text back and forth a bit to say hi, you always, always make me feel like the space I hold in your life is permanent and I'm welcome to return to it at any time, no matter how long it's been since the last. I hope I make you feel the same. This has been day 17 of the February Project September edition, a mini-podcast where I make an audio piece of 10 minutes or less every day in the month of September 2021.